Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. Today is my last solo episode of 2022. And that truly feels so mind-boggling to say. I cannot believe how quickly the year went by. I feel like this is such a cliche to say, but it truly feels like this year went by in a blink. I can think immediately back to our first episode of the year, the one where I brought on my life coach. And that honestly feels like it was just yesterday. I'm so grateful to all of you who have tuned in all year. So thank you so much. And I'm even more grateful for all of the solo episodes that I've been able to do. I've mentioned it so many times already, but doing solo episodes was always a challenge for me, you know, sitting in my closet, talking to myself, answering these questions, having that crazy imposter syndrome of who wants to listen to this. But you guys have been so welcoming and so giving with so many of your questions and allowing me into your lives to be of service and be helpful in whatever way. And for that, I'm truly grateful and I'm so appreciative. So thank you so much for empowering me to be able to do these because it's been such a huge thing for me to be able to talk and connect with you guys and also share some of the things that I've learned along the way. So thank you for that. It was actually great to see how many people sent in questions that were so much about our mindsets at the end of the year. There were so many questions about, you know, what my favorite moments of the year were or how I hold myself accountable to things as my own boss or a lesson that I've learned, something I'm excited for. And so thanks for asking me those questions because it's giving me a chance to reflect myself. But I also hope this is a good moment for you guys to reflect as well. So thank you again to everybody who submitted questions this week. They were so thoughtful and I'm really excited to get into them. A little bit of housekeeping. We have one more episode left on the 19th. We're going to be off the week of Christmas. And then, of course, we'll be back with new episodes on January 2nd. Okay, let's get into the good stuff now. There was a question that came in that I absolutely loved because it's something that I deal with every single day. And not only do I love just, you know, feeling seen in so many of your questions, but also I just feel like it's such a good question for me to reflect on. Hi, Olivia. How do you hold yourself accountable to your career growth with no boss? What a question. This is something that I deal with literally every day. Working for yourself is such an interesting thing because you have to wake up every day and anything you want to make happen, you have to make happen. You're not in the system of some other company where you have a boss, someone, maybe someone under you, and you're working through that ecosystem of that company. You are the ecosystem of your job. Something that Davis Burleson said on the podcast recently, and he said it best. When I asked him what it's like to be a creator and what his best piece of advice for aspiring creatives, he said that you have to treat social media like a job. I asked him, you know, how he got to start. And he was talking about, you know, being in COVID and how things shut down for him. And he was about to move to New York, but then he moved home and he had nothing to do, literally nothing to do. 
And he was like, I woke up every single day and I told myself that I was going to make five TikToks a day. And keep in mind, he had no followers at this point. He was starting from scratch and he woke up every day and did it. And now he is one of the most incredible TikTokers in the game. He has a literally popping what's popping show. And he's someone that so many other creators look up to, myself included, because I think that he is so incredibly talented. So for me, that's been something that I have to do for myself too to hold myself accountable. I have to treat this like a job. I build my calendar the same way anybody else would. I schedule meetings with myself. I schedule meetings with the people that are on my team, whether or not I see them every day. But, you know, my accountant, my manager, my producer, like we have touch bases probably every other week to be able to sit down and kind of touch base on progress, goals, things we want to work on, maybe moments where things are falling short. And I think it's so important to actually have that structure in your life that you have to make for yourself because obviously you don't have a boss putting, you know, things on your calendar to check in with the people around you. But truly, most importantly, make those meetings with yourself. I look at my calendar for today and it was, you know, record podcast, edit podcast, answer emails, break for lunch. Like I schedule those meetings with myself because it's how I know I can get through my day in a really organized way. Something that I will say that I think is crucial is I don't think I'd be able to know how to do that and know how to schedule meetings with myself, organize things, work with my manager, work with other members of my extended team if I hadn't worked for other people first. I think in today's world, we are really accustomed to the startup, entrepreneur, young founder mentality. And while I think that is so important to have that hunger and drive, I think it is actually imperative to go and work for somebody else first so you can learn processes, management skills, team building, creativity, collaboration. Those things were so crucial for me. And I could have not started something on my own had I not gone and worked for somebody else. So that was just such a huge help for me in terms of just understanding how to run a business. I also think that passion is a really crucial part of this because if you're not waking up every day and passionate about what you do, you're not going to do it. And like I said, if you're not going to do it, it's not going to happen, especially when you work for yourself. So, you know, if I woke up every day and didn't care about what I was doing, that would show in the work. So I think it's important to sit down and analyze if you are having a hard time with accountability or, you know, getting things done and making sure that you're, you know, progressing your company forward. I think it's important to sit down and say, do I truly love what I'm doing? And do what I do I love it enough to hold myself accountable to getting it done? I have a goal every week that I have to send out X amount of pitches to brands, potential podcast guests, potential editorial opportunities. And that's something that I have to do every single week. It's on my to-do list. I have to make sure that I get it done so that I'm constantly putting myself out there to get opportunity. So I think you have to sit down and analyze what are the things that are going to push your business forward and make sure that you're doing those things and showing up for them every single week with a ton of passion. We'll be right back after the break. You'd be surprised how many times I get asked what someone should bring to someone's house if they're being hosted. And I think this is like a number one rule. You never show up empty handed. If you're staying at a friend's for a weekend or even just going for a dinner or a birthday celebration, always bring something with you. Something that was always a crowd pleaser for me is baked goods, especially when I was living in New York. It was always milk bar. But now, huge news, you can ship milk bars desserts nationwide. 
Milk Bar is the perfect gift for anyone and everyone in your life this holiday season. And if you haven't tried Milk Bar yet, it was started by Christina Tosi, who is a James Beard award-winning celebrity chef. She opened the first Milk Bar Bakery in 2008 in New York City. I was truly a staple at that location. I was there all the time. And she's been shaking up the dessert scene ever since with her unique spin on iconic flavors. And for a limited time, Milk Bar is offering their delicious new chocolate chip mint cake and truffles and peppermint bark snap cookies all just in time for the holidays. You can get your hands on their limited quality of lab drops as well, including peppermint tie-dye pie made in limited batches straight from their experimental kitchen. Honestly, you just can't go wrong with Milk Bar. Everything is so good. And it's never too early to plan ahead. Place an order today to schedule your treats to be delivered right before the holidays. All of their treats are fridge and freezer friendly, so you can skip the stress of holiday shipping and get your desserts now. But if you waited last minute and need desserts ASAP, they also offer fast, even overnight, nationwide delivery. Right now, Milk Bar has a special limited time offer. Get $15 off any order, $80 or more, when you go to MilkBarStore.com slash friend. You'll get 15 bucks off an order of $80 by going to MilkBarStore.com backslash friend. That's MilkBarStore backslash friend. Now I'm hungry and let's get back to the show. So many people asked me what the highlight of my year was, and it was so hard to actually sit down and parse through what felt most impactful for me. I can say that I feel that it wasn't just solely one moment, but I think building my house and building a space where I feel at home has been the highlight of my year for sure. Diving into building like a place of solace for me has been the most rewarding thing I've ever done for myself. You know, I was living in New York for almost 10 years in New York City apartments that were small and never really felt like home. And I think I moved like eight times while I was living in New York. I lived all over the place, Upper West Side, Soho, Midtown, Flatiron. I was truly everywhere. And I never really put my roots down in an apartment there in a way that I feel like I'm doing now. Building a space that I know I'm coming home to every day and that feels like it's mine and it feels like a place where I can truly rest, be creative, have friends over, have fun, and just kind of have it for me, I think has just been something that has expanded my world in such a beautiful way. I feel like in my early 20s, and I'm sure a lot of you can relate, you're constantly thinking about career growth. What can I do to, you know, to expand my career? How can I network? How can I, you know, get the raise, get the promotion, work for this company, work with this person? We're really career minded. But I didn't spend a lot of time in my early 20s thinking about what would expand my world personally. I've brought up a bunch of times that actually getting a dog, I feel like expanded my world personally for the first time in like five years. It was, you know, this personal choice to take care of something else and like wake up every day and be accountable to like keeping this thing alive. But I also think that building home has been really important for me. And I think that can show up in a lot of different ways, whether you're in an apartment, a house, a condo, wherever you are. I really think investing in your space is something that I truly cannot recommend more. It feels like I've grown so much more as a person by having this like stable place that I know I'm coming home to and waking up every day in. I have a ton of career moments. I feel like this year was really exciting. But on a personal level, I think having this space, my closet, my office, my backyard, building this place and kind of having it be an expression of who I am as a person right now just feels really good. I would say from a career perspective, I just wrote my first cover story, which was super exciting. I interviewed Emma Chamberlain for the cover of Porter Magazine, and she was a dream 
truly, she was exactly what she feels like on the internet. She's so real, so grounded. And I truly loved getting to talk with her. She really was a breath of fresh air, honestly. I know it's a cliche to say, but she was just so herself and really giving in the interview. And I actually loved, loved, loved writing that story. So that was really exciting to see it out in the world. It was a lot of work. So I it was felt so satisfying to see it out there and know that people really loved it too. And I hope that it's something I can do more of in the future. So I would say that feels like a career highlight because it feels like something different and it's a step in the new in a new direction for me. And I think that feeling is always really exciting. Next question. What skills do you think are required as a leader and what's your best advice for leaders in general? I'm happy to be talking about this because this is something that I'm constantly learning myself as someone who works for myself, as someone who is beginning to hire people under me to build my company and build my personal brand, but also as someone who works with a lot of people in my orbit as the leader and forward-facing person of everything that I do. I think it's truly obvious that not everyone is a natural born leader, but I really do think that you can learn it. Two things off the bat, my gut kind of reaction to this question. One, I would say compassion because any leader that I've ever truly fell in love with and felt so deeply moved by has come from a place of compassion and understanding for the people that they're leading. Because while I think leaders often appear very forceful and strong I think it has to be perfectly balanced with compassion for the people that they're leading. So that's one. And I think if you're leading a company, you know, having compassion for the people that work for you, knowing who they are, knowing their families, knowing their outside life and understanding their struggles in and out of the office, their exciting moments in and out of the office. I think those things are so crucial to being a good leader where people feel seen and validated by you and encouraged by you. But on the other side of that, I think every leader that I've ever admired and looked up to has been an amazing conflict manager. They don't get emotional. They see an issue and they know how to solve it instinctually. I think that's something that is really hard to learn, which is why I say a lot of people, I think a lot of leaders are natural born leaders because they know how to do that. I always say that like one of the best skills that I think that I would love to learn is how to get to point A to Z without revealing all the letters in between. It's like, how can you be at point A and swiftly get to the end resolution without causing all the drama in between and maybe sharing all the drama along the way as well. So I think I think a good leader knows how to do that and knows how to communicate conflict to people and resolve it well. So I would say conflict management, compassion, and then of course, communication. So those three things, I'm working through them myself. I think they're also, even if you're not a leader, I think that they're just amazing skills to have in life in general. And in terms of best advice for leading people, going back to the first question about how I hold myself accountable with no boss, but, you know, if I'm trying to motivate myself as a leader, I just think passion is number one. Like, I think especially as a boss, as a leader, whether you're doing it with friends or coworkers, whatever it is, you have to be passionate about the thing that you're leading. Because at the end of the day, if you're not, no one's going to follow you and no one's going to be inspired by you or inspired to do what you're telling them to do if you're not passionate about it yourself. So at the end of the day, I think all of these things come down to how you really feel about that thing and how badly you want to make a difference in that thing. How have you stayed inspired this year? I can't remember where I was recently, but someone said something that I loved so much. Well, Picasso said it. It was, inspiration finds you while you're working. And it was such a light bulb moment for me because I think there are so many times where myself, my friends, my peers, coworkers, 
have been like, oh, I'm just not feeling inspired right now. Maybe I need to go on vacation or get out in nature or, you know, go do something. And believe me, I'm the nature girl. Like, while I believe all of those things are crucial. Like, I need my monthly kind of nature trip to really just feel reinvigorated. I don't know if that's necessarily what inspires me. It's what rejuvenates me. But in terms of inspiration, I've always found it when I have been head down in the weeds of a million things. Obviously, for every person is different, but inspiration really has always come to me when I'm doing the work. So I know it can be really hard, especially when you're hitting a wall and you want to feel that inspiration. But I would say instead of like, you know, trying to push the wall down, try and go around it a little bit. I talk a lot about how I think curiosity is the most phenomenal attribute anybody could ever have. Obviously, as someone who's built her career around journalism, curiosity is so innate to me and something that I just truly love. I love asking questions. I love getting to know more about people, places and things. And any time I've maybe not felt inspired, but I've had to keep my head down and keep working, I've looked for it in new places by being curious. So, for example, I was going through TikTok and I came across this woman who was an incredible. She created the most beautiful pottery, the most incredible ceramics. And, you know, from there, I was so interested in it. I started going online and finding other places in LA that offer classes for for pottery. And now I'm kind of deep in the weeds of it. I just signed up for a class. I'm super excited to go. And I have a feeling that when I do go, I'm going to feel different about being in that room and be inspired and meet new people. And then I've opened a whole new door for myself. So I think, again, like leaving the door open for inspiration, it's not just, you know, sitting out on the grass waiting for something to come to you, but it's being a part of the world and being curious about the world and not being stuck within the four walls of your house. Going out there and finding something new and engaging with the world has always been how I stay inspired. We'll be right back after a quick break. Does your hair ever get frizzy on the ends? Like maybe it splits a ton or it just doesn't feel healthy no matter how many haircuts you get. Well, that happens to me all the time. I don't really color my hair. I just gloss it and I really try to keep up the maintenance on my haircuts. But still, sometimes my hair just doesn't feel healthy. Well, I'm going to tell you about a hair care solve that I found about a year ago that has made the world of a difference after just one try. It's called K18 and it's bringing you into the future of hair care with their leave-in molecular repair hair mask that reverses damage in just four minutes. Unlike most products that just cover up damage, this clinically proven breakthrough repairs damage from bleach or color, chemical service, and heat on all hair types. I do my hair all the time because I'm constantly creating content, styling it, curling it, straightening it, you name it. So if you're one of those people, which I'm sure so many of you listening are, this is the perfect product to bring your hair back to life. The secret is in their patented K18 peptide born after 10 years of complex bioscience research to restore strength and elasticity in the innermost layers of your hair. Since damage is ongoing, you can start fresh with stronger, softer, smoother, and bouncier hair that lasts. Their leave-in molecular repair hair mask went viral for a reason, trust me. And the best part is that K18's easy leave-in fits into any routine, so you can repair daily damage with less stress and frustration and lock all new levels of self-expression. It's like a whole new head of hair. Bring your hair into the future with K18's Molecular Repair, available now at Sephora and Sephora.com. Shop K18's Leave-In Molecular Repair Hair Mask at Sephora and Sephora.com. Now let's get back to the show. What's the biggest lesson I've learned in 2022? I would say that no matter what you do, whether it's, and I even just said this, making your house really lovely or having a bunch of plans on your calendar to see friends or going out all the time and being social or 
you know, getting a raise at your job. All of those things are great. None of those things are truly going to make you happy. And I think that's something that has been really important for me to learn this year. I could have all these amazing things happening in life, but if I don't take care of me and build my own happiness, it's never going to happen for me. And that really came from understanding what it is that I need to do every day to set myself up for success. I'm a huge morning person. I love my mornings. I love my alone time. I love waking up, making my bed, taking my vitamins, taking my dog for a walk. Truly, I wake up every day with a smile on my face because I get to do those things. And that alone time for me, that preparation time, I've noticed for me is what makes me really happy. And then I can go off and do my day and show up as my best version of myself. For a while, I didn't do that. I would wake up like 30 minutes before I needed to be somewhere, rush out the door, usually be late, not be wearing what I wanted to. My house was a mess. And it wasn't until I was like, you know what? I need this time for me and I'm going to give myself that me time because that's how I'm going to show up as my best self. I think if you can unlock those little moments in your day that are perfect for you and unique to you that make you happy, I think that is a huge lesson that I've learned this year. Maybe it's your hour workout that brings you happiness. Maybe it's an hour of reading, going for a walk, whatever it is, make sure that you make time in your day for those things no matter what. And I know that sometimes it feels selfish, like, oh my God, how can I wake up in the morning and go work out and then make it to work on time and do all these things? And I think we're so in this busy hustle mentality in our society right now that people often don't make time for themselves. But it's been such a crucial learning in understanding and learning more about myself, what makes me happy and what makes me show up as my best version of myself every day. What are you looking forward to in 2023? I am excited about actually what I just said about, you know, learning more about myself and what makes me really happy and how I can show up for myself every day versus rely on external things like my social life or my career. I'm excited to kind of dive deeper into this idea of what is it about me that makes me happy within my own control? Like, how can I show up every day to control my happiness and my moods versus relying on a bunch of other things to make me happy? And I'm an extrovert, but I'm also a very sensitive, energetic Aquarius who, you know, a person in a bad mood walks into a room and my whole day is ruined. That's always just been me. I'm learning, you know, better emotional boundaries and how to control my own energy. But I think that that is, you know, a huge project for me to dive into next year is, you know, showing up for myself and not relying on a bunch of other things and understanding how I can protect my peace, but also be the creator of it. So if you guys have any advice on any of that, let me know. But it's something that I'm really excited to dive deep into. I think it's really important at the end of every year to kind of pick something that you want to dive into for the next year. Resolutions are a little tricky for me. I feel like, you know, I'm really into them for like two months and then I completely let them go. But I think if you can pick a theme or maybe even pose a question to yourself that you want to dive into next year and be better at, to me, that feels a little bit more manageable and something that I'm excited to do. So that's another thing. And of course, more podcast episodes, more stories, and stay tuned for maybe a newsletter. Super excited about that. And I'll have more on that soon for you guys. I feel like you guys truly made me do a year in review almost and ask yourself some of these questions too. What have you accomplished this year? What are you excited about next year? I feel like it is so important to do that end of year audit on yourself to really see how far you've come. I've said this actually in you know other episodes where I talk about obviously how important it is for me to do have a to-do list every day of everything I need to get done. But another practice that I've implemented is at the end of the day, I'll write down everything I got done so I can sit there and reflect on 
how hard I worked that day. And instead of sitting there being like, oh my God, I didn't finish this today and I didn't do this, I didn't do this. I'm trying to flip that on its head and say, oh my God, look at how much you actually got done today. And I feel like that's so important to do at the end of the year. What did you accomplish this year? What do you want to work on more? I just, I think doing that audit is truly the most valuable thing you can do for yourself. So thanks for prompting me to do my own. I hope you guys love this episode. As always, if you haven't followed the show yet, please give us a follow and leave a review if you can. I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.